Welcome back, U.S. History. Sorry that last podcast was getting a little bit long, so I had to kind of stop it there. But just a little recap, that last podcast, we talked about the Cold War starting after World War II and kind of what the Cold War meant and the different sides NATO and Warsaw. And we talked a little bit about the tension and how it kind of came to a head in uh, Germany specifically and then in the Korean War. And we talked about some of the policies. So anyhow, if you want to go over it again, go ahead, re-listen to the last podcast. It's awesome. Not that I'm biased. Um, But anyhow, we left off and I said we were going to be getting into McCarthyism or kind of the fear of communism going on. And that's where we are now. So um, as I was saying, uh, McCarthyism. So Before the Korean War, during the Korean War, after the Korean War, people were scared of communism. Basically, after World War II, people were scared of communists. And so the fear just intensified. And you'll remember, this sounds pretty familiar because during the 1920s, we had the Red Scare Part 1. So this is Red Scare Part 2, the sequel. And I'll let you guys decide if the sequel is better than the original. So people thought that communist spies and sympathizers of communists were everywhere. And some people kind of pushed this fear around even more. And I'm thinking of one person in particular, a senator from Wisconsin known as Joseph Carthy. And here's a little quote from McCarthy in my best Wisconsin accent. I'm just going to read it, and then I'm going to say a type of cheese at the end, and that's how I'm going to do my accent. So bear with me. (laughs) The quote, if you will. The communists within our borders have been more responsible for the success of communism abroad than Soviet Russia. Cheddar cheese. See? There you go. I mean, it was like spot on. Anyhow, what he's saying in this little quote is that The people living in America, there are more communists and bigger communists living in America, and they are helping to spread communists more so than the communists that are living in the Soviet Union or Soviet Russia, which that's kind of where communism comes from. All right, so at least in in the way that quote is interpreted. Now, I don't want you to think that there weren't Soviet spies in the United States. There were, and some some of them were more so than others, and did more than others. Um, That being said, some of them were just kind of scapegoats for what was really going on. So um, two of them in particular that I'm going to talk about, and you can kind of decide how much um, you think they are to blame, and please feel free to do more research, because I'm just going to give you a little blurb here. But uh, the two I'm going to talk about right now are Julius and Ethel Rosenberg. And they were American citizens, and they were executed during this time for conspiracy to commit espionage. So they were basically found guilty of passing information about the United States atomic bomb program to the Soviet Union. Now, information was a bit sketchy back then, not 100% sure if they were guilty or not, but they became scapegoats or people to blame um, or put blame on for the nation's worries about communism. And a little fast forward here, in 2008, new information came out that stated that Julius had spied for the Soviets, but Ethel, not so much. Well... Anyhow, either way, they were put to death. Now, this should sound a little familiar to the Red Scare Part 1 because we talked about how they, um, they put, together, uh, put to death Sacco and Vanzetti for basically the same kind of thing, like that they, oh, they're communists and whatever. They, in that case, they committed a murder. But anyhow, so a lot of similarities there. So back to that Joseph McCarthy guy. Now, 
he got his kind of inspiration or way of doing things and way of conducting things from the House Un-American Activities Committee. And the goal of this committee was to investigate disloyalty and subversive activities on the part of private citizens, public employees, and those organizations suspected of having ties to communism, basically to find communists. So um, this HUAC um, that he drew inspiration from, in 1947, this committee held nine days of hearings into alleged use of communist propaganda and influence in Hollywood movies. And some people refused to answer the committee's questions. And, well, that just means that you're guilty, of course, uh, because, you know, why else would you not say anything unless you're guilty? You know, privacy doesn't mean anything. Guilty until proven innocent, at least at this time period. So the kind of the big people that, you know, got pushed out into this were the Hollywood Ten, uh, was kind of like the big name, not that there weren't more. Um, and these Hollywood Ten were blacklisted. And being blacklisted means um, it's a list uh, or register of entities or people for one reason or another are being denied a particular privilege, service, mobility, access, or recognition. So basically they're, they're not going to be able to work in Hollywood again. And there was like 300, more than 300 people that this um, included. And the two, some two big names here was uh, Charlie Chaplin um, and also Orson Welles. And there's more, but those, those two names kind of stick out. So as a result of this, a lot of anti-communist propaganda films were made to show that, look, we are American and we hate communism. So you get movies like The Red Menace, The Red Danube, or I Married a Communist, and more coming to a theater to you, 1950. Um, so, anyhow, something to kind of think about a little bit. So, um, another person, uh, kind of part of this time period, 1948, Whitaker Chambers, who was a writer and editor and a former Communist Party member and spy. And he testified before the HUAC that Alger Hiss was secretly a member of the Communist Party, and that Alger Hiss, he was an American government official. And he was eventually convicted of espionage, but maintained his innocence till the end. All right, and this whole, like, challenging American government officials is going to come into play a little bit more here with McCarthy, and it's going to be ultimately MacArthur's downfall, and we'll get to that in a minute. So, um, but anyhow, back to McCarthy here. So, you know, he gains all of his inspiration, how to conduct things through the HUAC and stuff. So he's, he's, gaining some power, not only as a senator, but he's eventually going to be a presidential hopeful kind of, or at least people think that he should run for it. So he is kind of uh, questioning patriotism and the reputations of hundreds of people, including government officials. And people were scared of communism, so people didn't really, you know, challenge him. They supported him. They're like, well, this guy's at least going after communists, and I'm scared of communists. And if you did challenge him, he might kind of say that, like, oh, yeah, um, you're a communist. That's the only reason that you would challenge me or, you know, think that I'm doing something wrong. So people were scared to stop him or, you know, challenge him, and people then started to support him. And during this time, Arthur Miller, um, you know, he, he wrote um, up some, some parallels between McCarthyism and the Salem Witch Trials in the play that he wrote called The Crucible. So if you know the Salem witch trials where these girls started, you know, saying, oh, there's witches and stuff. And there was this huge witch, witch hunt and it resulted in the death of a lot of people that were, you know, innocent. 
So McCarthy is questioning people, including some government people, and that's starting to you know scare some people, but he's going to take it too far here in a little bit. Now, like I said, people were scared to, to kind of to, to question him, but one person did question him a little bit more, and that was Edward R. Murrow, um, a broadcaster from CBS. And he had a little quote about this, uh, kind of questioning McCarthy's tactics, and here's his quote. We cannot defend freedom abroad by deserting it at home. And what he's saying is, look, how on earth can we say that, you know, America's the best way and attack communism, but we're defending other people's freedoms, but we're not having freedom here at home. We're taking away people's rights to be communist if they want to. I mean, I know he's not exactly saying that 100%, but really, it's not illegal to be a communist in America. If you want to, you can. So um, some people supported Edward R. Murrow. Some people sent him hate mail. Um, so McCarthy, he keeps going on and keeps questioning people. And so he gave his speech, in wheel, uh, a wheel, his Wheeling speech in Wheeling, West Virginia. And his speech was called Enemies from Within, where he said that there were communists in the U.S. Army. And so McCarthy conducted hearings and started questioning people's loyalty and he would interrupt people during his line of questionings and start to you know, berate them and ridicule them, and he wouldn't let his witnesses speak. And you know, so these hearings really didn't produce any type of measurable results. And, but McCarthy, that didn't stop him. He claimed that he had a list of communists in America. And now, sometimes he would give a speech and he'd go, I have a list of 52 communists. And then at another speech, he would say, my list of 98 communists. And then he'd make another speech, and he goes, my list of 64 communists, my list of 67 communists, or I, my, my list of 43 communists. The numbers kept changing. And when people asked to see these lists, he, he wouldn't show them to people. And he would sometimes say, well, you just want to see it. You know what? You're on the list. Well, People eventually kind of lost faith in McCarthy, and his power kind of went away. And eventually the Senate kind of kicked him out and condemned him for conduct, uh, conduct unbecoming of a senator. So now this is kind of McCarthyism, the Red Scare. Now we are far from done with being scared of communists, but that's kind of where we're going to leave it as far as with McCarthy. Um, and we'll pick up more with uh, some more lifestyles of the 1950s in our upcoming podcast. So Stay tuned, gang. There's always more. Uh, so have a wonderful day and keep listening.